Welcome to the Life with Jamie and More podcast. Remember, this podcast comes with a language warning, so it's not really for kids' ears. So it's morning, isn't it? Morning time? Yep, Jamie's been showing me his dance skills this morning. Yep. Currently lying on the sofa, almost fully dressed. Yep. Done. Yeah. I mean, so Jim, can can you help me say say a big thank you to Ra? Yeah. Whoa. Oh, okay. Let's say thank you, Ra. Whoa, that was really good. One, one more time. Just just so we know. Ready? Thank you, Ra. That's a Ra. Welcome to the show, Ra, and, and um, thanks, man. It's great to have you here, um, and you're looking very summery. So that's <laughs> I'm still looking a little wintry here, but uh, you're looking very yeah. Summery. It's a uh, balmy 22 here in Melbourne today. Oh, here we go. Um, that's good for Melbourne. Yeah, there you go. It's <laughs> overcast, but hey, maybe we hit. You know, we might get to 30 in the afternoon. Who knows? It oh, is Melbourne. Wow. Yeah, no, probably not. But yeah, <laughs> it's quite changeable down here. <laughs> mm. uh, my sister lives in Melbourne. Um, Okay. Yeah, she. Um, yeah, there's always a lot of conversation about the weather, how it just. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. Normally, it's a sign that the conversation's tapering off and, and fizzing out. But here in Melbourne, it's a relevant topic. It's <laughs> as they say, it's a bit cliched. Four seasons in one day. But what's it like up in Osaka? There, where you are at the moment. Um. It's we are. Um. We're temperature-wise, actually, it's just last the last couple of days been really nice and yeah it's actually we're we're in the kind of um still in winter it's kind of the back end coming into spring pretty soon and Mm -hmm. it is but it's a lovely time right now actually these last couple of days blue skies um it kind of just warms up nicely in the afternoon to around maybe i think yesterday was like 24 Mm -hmm. um and it was just like, oh my god, just the mood changes. Nice. You know, that's that's um, ideal. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is nice, and uh, we'll be into uh, into spring, and 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 then uh, then we'll have our um, rainy season, and then it will be into summer, which will just be blazing hot, humidity like crazy, uh, living for aircon. Um, yeah. And then, wow. we, then we have the typhoons come in, and, and so yeah. <laughs> But one one thing that actually uh, uh, I do like about it, the weather here is that it's genuine. You know what you're going to get. Yeah, okay. yeah. Like um, being brought up, you know, I was raised in New Zealand for like twenty years. Is that you know you just don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> it's a bit like Melbourne. It's a bit like that. Were you, were you in Auckland? <laughs> I was in Auckland. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. It was a bit like that in Auckland. You just yeah. don't know. It can yeah. be like yeah. You know, you've got you know, rain in the morning and then it will be just, um, all of a sudden it will change. It'll be nice and hot and then the clouds will roll in and you'll have a thunderstorm yeah. and then it will, yeah, you just, yeah, four seasons in one day. Uh, the classic yeah. crowd house song. Like yeah. <laughs> yes, you got it. Classic Kiwi group. Yeah. Yep. Not Australian. For those Australians who are listening, it's a Kiwi band, okay? So. <laughs> oh, yes. There's always that debate. Yeah. We won't go there. We won't go there. <laughs> But right, you you are actually you are um, as we alluded to there you you are from New Zealand, mm-hmm. um, and you have uh, moved over to 
uh, Australia. You've uh, relocated. Yep. Um, and you have uh, a wonderful family. Can you just um, tell us about your family for us and give us a bit of an insight? Absolutely. Um, so we, my part of the time and myself moved here about 11 years ago, maybe 12. And, um, you know, we we're just together. But in that time since we've been here in Melbourne, we've married and, of course, had two kids, um, hence the connection here with yourself. Uh, and, yeah, it's 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 been great. It's been a good move. We we initially moved for, for work. We're both employed, but I think looking for a change, I was actually kind of against the move. I didn't really want to to leave Auckland, but I guess it's been an experience in and of itself. And I, you know, I, I probably wouldn't change things in that regard. Um, and yeah, we've, we've essentially been here since. So um, we, after a few years, we got married here um, and we've had our two boys, as I say. So I've got two boys, uh, Wyatt, <clears throat> excuse me, aged eight and Cole is aged six. Wyatt, um, Wyatt and, and Cole. And Cole. Right? Yeah, Wyatt and Cole. Okay. And um, eight and six. And, yeah, it's been great. I mean, obviously, it's not without its challenges, but um, overall, I think it was a good move for us as a couple and and certainly uh, as a family, it's, it's a great place to, when you look at, you know, all those, the aspects of life, your living conditions and, um, employment opportunities and look I think cost of living has probably gone up across the board worldwide I would imagine it certainly has back home yeah. I was back in New Zealand recently it's gone up quite a bit it's gone up here but I guess that's the path of the course and none of us are immune to that but look overall it's been a, a, a good a good experience um, yeah still get pangs of, of homesickness uh, on the odd occasion. <laughs> Um, yeah. Not so much after the most recent visit back to New Zealand, because um, I think I might have mentioned we had, yeah, uh, yeah, I just sort of narrowly escaped the um, the effects of the cyclone where I was staying at my my mother's place um, on the east coast here in Hawke's Bay. But um, yeah, it's 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 a good place, certainly a good place to uh, raise a family. Yeah. Mm. What you. With your two boys, uh, Wyatt eight, Cole is six. Mm -hmm. um, they are, are both both boys. Uh, well, let's actually let's talk about um, Wyatt first because he was obviously the first sure. one um, on mm. the scene there. Yeah. Um, and so, can you kind of give us a bit of a outline as to Wyatt and and his uh, kind of about him and his kind of diagnosis? Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, Wyatt's eight. Um, his diagnosis, it's interesting. So we both been working parents. We had both boys, and, of course, we're starting with Wyatt as the first child. We we had him into uh, early childhood care, like daycare, relatively early because we're both, unfortunately, you know, as we're talking economics, it's not the 50s anymore. Generally, both parents are working in some capacity. And so we had him into daycare fairly early and um, essentially from, from the, the what they call the baby's room. And then when he reached toddlerhood, I want to say around the age of, 
perhaps four, mm. around four going five perhaps, or even earlier, three to four perhaps, sorry. Memory's a little hazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. The sentiment, yeah, it gets like that, right? <laughs> yeah, it does. A lot going on in these first few years. But um, so the centre director, um, she's lovely, at, at the um, at the facility where both boys went, she picked up on a few things. And I guess, you know, if we were to, in, in today's climate, and as I was discussing earlier, as I mentioned earlier, there's a lot more awareness around these things. Mm. We can probably get into that a bit later on and and the, the pros and cons of that, that side of things. But um, certainly for, for the for Sally there, this, this lady who picked up on some of the, the things she noticed in White's behaviour, mm. and she brought it to our attention. We sought the services of what was back then called Early Childhood Intervention Services, so ECIS. They were essentially subsumed when NDIS was created mm. and the workers within that organisation were then essentially, I think, either um, went into private practice or, you know, because I think uh, that was essentially a government organisation. Um, and we, we, we had a diagnosis undertaken through a psychologist, which is uh, part of the process. Mm. And the diagnosis was done in conjunction with a paediatrician um, and also a speech pathologist. So wow. um, taking it back a step, I guess, Sally Ann noticed in white, I guess some of the more stereotypical things you hear about kids with autism. So, mm. uh, uh, um, you know, a tendency to be quite singular in his focus on specific aspects of the of his playing experience. So it always gravitate towards cars. Now that in and of itself isn't unusual for a kid, especially a boy, but it was at the expense of a lot of other experiences that he could have had in his mm. play space during the day. I think the second thing she mentioned was his tendency to sort of order things. And again, it's another stereotypical thing that when you hear about um, autistic people, uh, particularly young young children, perhaps, as they have this um, desire for structure and order in their their day and and and, and their behaviours and play. And so we were connected through to ECIS again. This is just not long before the the, the creation of NDIS, uh, and within that organisation, we had access to a psychologist and a occupational therapist and they come in essentially and um we through government funding we received some sessions with them both parent only sessions and observational sessions and interactive sessions with Wyatt um to essentially get a bead on a what's going on here mm. and b once they were fairly confident that he met the criteria of being diagnosed with autism in some regard um what to do about it right i want to talk about that because sure. i think those kind of points those times in our lives and for a lot of dads when that's where the journey and the transition from living in a world of i'm you know the poem which i refer to as so many times with the uh you know welcome to holland i, I don't know if you're familiar with that with that poem or not no Ah, okay. So it, it basically um, it describes the situation that when we have uh, we, we're going to work on typical children as we uh, or we believe even before we have that children as we we kind of prepare 
our mindset is that you know we feel that we're going to have we're going to be going um we're going to have for example this 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 type of child right yes sure uh, this typical child um yep. and that they the welcome to holland poem talks about as as if it's like a, a holiday that you're planning for yeah <clears throat> and so when you go on when you and it talks about going on holiday you've planned this holiday to italy yeah right um and all your friends have also planned to be on this holiday with you to italy you've mm -hmm. read all the guidebooks you've learned some of the lingo Mm -hmm. You got your shit sorted. You're all over it. You're like, woohoo! Here I come, Italy. Um, but what actually happens is, you know, your flight. When you get on that flight, because um, mm. all your friends have gone to Italy, but you get on that flight, you actually uh, arrive in Holland. Sure. Yeah. And you're and you're and you're in Holland now. Holland is not a it's it's not a horrible country. It's a beautiful country, but it's sure. not where you plan to be. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, it's different, right? Mm. And and so you're you're in this. You're you're in Holland. You're in that world of like I don't know the language. I don't know what to see here. I don't know how to deal yeah, with these. I, I don't know how to order anything. Yeah. And this, and when I read this poem, right, is I was like, when I when I kind of first heard about it, and I was like, what is this poem? And I got into it. And I was like, this is it. It even just talking about it now, I I kind of feel like I get those kind of the tingles and everything because it it allowed me to be like this is fucking where i am this yeah. is the world i can relate to this mm -hmm. and it is like that one of one of the first few things that allowed me to be like okay i can start to the process for me of like accepting where the world that i was living in um and it does it in such a great way like it just because it doesn't talk about it in like the the cold hard reality it talks about it as a trip mm. because you know that's a fantastic way and, and i and i you know if someone's listening um you know is to type into the internet uh, into google because type into the internet just go into google whatever that's <laughs> and, mr google uh, <laughs> mr google there it is yeah. uh, welcome to holland poem and it's all oh, there checking it out now you yep. brought it up yeah yeah um mm. i love it and it and um it is uh you know, such a great thing. And, and and that's kind of where I talk about going back to kind of what we talk about is that your journey mm. yep. went from being we're in, we, you were in Italy and then yes. you're like, okay, so hang on a second. You know, what, what, what was that point that you were like, okay, we need to go like, we, we need to go kind of talk to someone and find out what's going on. What, what kind of, sure. what was that? <clears throat> what happened there? Can you talk about that, that like Absolutely. decision to do that? Mm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a great analogy, by the way, that welcome to Holland. Oh, and I will be checking that out. That sounds yeah. really cool. Um, yeah, look, so I guess around the time that that the centre director at the early um, childhood centre brought up, brought to our attention these things, we'd also had as part of the, the early years development here, you have semi-regular visits with a... Um, you know, with a uh, with a uh, community health nurse to to track the development of your child. You get, they give you this back then. It was a little green book, and you know, when they're younger, you visit them on a on a more um, regular basis. I think the last visit is around age of five or something like that. And I had a meeting. One of the last meetings I had when White was around this age with the community health nurse, and 
something happened while I had him there and he was averse to something where there was a cold, something cold or it was a sensory thing. And again, this can be kind of a stereotypical thing with a lot of kids on the spectrum. They, they can have sensory triggers for them. And he reacted in quite an adverse way. And and I said to him, and I said to the mental health, uh, not mental, to the um, community health nurse, I said to her, oh, he's doing that often, you know, he's just having a tantrum. She said, no, because it was quite severe. She said, no, it's actually a meltdown. And when she right. used that term and she kind of gave me a breakdown as to the difference between what you would class as a, you know, you, you know, your prototypical kid in the, you know, supermarket aisle, thrashing his arms and legs or whatever because he didn't get the candy bar that yeah. mum or dad yeah. wouldn't give him. And she said, classed that as a tantrum and the extreme behaviour that White was exhibiting in that time and the fact that he had mentally shut down mm. and he had essentially cut off any potential for communication or, or whatever and that point in time from the outside world with i.e. a caring help or a parent and he was essentially in another space for all intents and purposes. And his reaction was, I mean, it was off the charts compared with what we would class as say, you know, getting a bit of, into a bit of a cold shower or something like that. You yeah. might, you know, you might you know, sort of step back or react uh, to that, but you know, in his mind, it just, it, it was like a, a trigger and it set him off. And he was essentially at that time, he was actually prone to, self-harm and he right. would he would um almost get on the ground and start to sort of smash his head on the right. ground and from our point of view it was at full force you know and mm. um and so when she sort of broke it down for me and saying no that's not a what you're what's happening here is a meltdown that's not a tantrum and i think essentially she was alluding to without saying it in clear words was you might want to get this investigated further. So I guess coupling that experience with the observation from the daycare centre, mm. um, we were then put in touch with this this organisation. Mm. Um, but it was, I guess, an answer to your question in terms of what that experience was like for me. It's hard to say. I think at the time, if I'm to be honest, I didn't fully acknowledge or um understand mm. the actual implications of what the diagnosis may might be and not so much the diagnosis but what his um legitimate condition might mean for him in his life moving forward yeah. and yeah. and i guess that 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 speaks to for more a tendency of myself in terms of how i go about operating a daily life is just sort of just rolling up my sleeves and getting on with things. Yeah. Um, that re that proper realization in terms of um, fully acknowledging what what it actually would mean for him in his life didn't come till much later on. No. Yeah. I, and and yeah. I, I I can I can appreciate that because I think that's probably uh, maybe a, a similar experience to a lot of dads is because you're just like oh okay um, right I don't quite know like they're telling you these things but you're like um yeah. i don't quite get what this is but yeah. it's something yeah. yeah um and i think that's kind of like 
I, I look at it as like we're just in that as a lot of people are just in that kind of mode either they go into the mode of like they just want to find out everything straight away and they're like so get so so <laughs> into it trying to fix yeah. it trying to um yeah um or there's a little bit of kind of a perhaps a rational approach and be like okay well let's just see what goes on um yeah but it's always interesting i think to you know looking back and and thinking about how we dealt with it and how we because it is it's a that's where things change that's where things changed for us right that's where they kind of change and whether it starts right on day one or even before day one like um and we we, we might be down the line like you know you know four years old when things you know the pieces of the puzzle start to look like look like something that you didn't uh think the puzzle would look like yeah oh, that's a great that's a great phrase i think i'm gonna run with that the piece of the puzzle didn't think it looked like you want to come back to that get that down on paper yeah, yeah I'm, go. I'm gonna listen back to that again because like that, that, <laughs> i've screwed it up the second time i've gone to say it um yeah but it's and and that those those are really real things um and it's i as as dads right it's a um we are we just have a we 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 process this stuff differently um mm. i i feel uh to to mums too that them than them mums um so okay so you let, let's go let's kind of see so that started the kind of diagnosis the ball rolling and then started to kind of understand a little bit more about kind of why it and how he was and and you know and then and then obviously a couple of years later you're like you know number two comes along which is Cole Cole comes mm -hmm. along yeah um how like how did that look like for you guys kind of you you got a son he he would have been at that age well he would have when you had Cole uh, Wyatt would have been uh, six, like no, how, how old have you been? Um, yeah, there's only a couple of years between. Yeah. So uh, Wyatt was, um, yeah, I guess he was. He he wasn't yet diagnosed, ah, uh, and right, he was right. still yeah. So um, being oh, only true, a couple yeah. of years between, yeah. yeah so That's right. so um, but yeah, I, I mean it's good you 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 mentioned that because certainly. Um, and actually, even going back a half step, I think, I think what you're saying is generally right in that um, us guys, us men, tend to process things, generally speaking, quite differently. Um, and you might imagine, and look, you know, again, take it for what it is, social media. But you know, I'm on sort of some social media p pages where you know there are other parents with having a shared experience, so. Mm you know, autism page, family member pages and so forth, parent parent pages. Uh, and generally speaking, I would say like 85%, 90% of the posts on there and probably members, membership is women, they're the mothers. Mm. And a common refrain there is they often have, it's, it's kind of like what you're alluding to, I think, is that they often... Uh, a bit frustrated that family members and oftentimes their partners or husbands mm. aren't accepting of 
if we're just talking about autism here, mm -hmm. that is a diagnosis. And if they're a bit older or more old school, they might chalk it up to just spoiled behavior. Mm -hmm. You know, some of these things that present in that manner. Um, and so for us, you know, for me, the, the, the process was, as I described, I kind of initially, as you're saying, um, you kind of get the diagnosis. You don't fully actually understand it because that comes with time and experience as well. Mm. Um, and you just sort of, I, my tendency was to just get stuck in and just do whatever I could and had to do. Mm. Um, whereas with my wife, I think her experience of it, and I can't speak fully for her, she's not here, but um, was not typical of, of the female or the mother experience mm. that I was just describing. So for her, um, I think there was some realisation, but there's a lot of anger and um, frustration and, and grief that, and, and essentially that, that's, um, those are essentially masks or colours for, for grief. Mm. And the grief in that her, for her was this, um, this realisation that, as you were saying, that, that her child wasn't going to get the life that she expected. And, you know, mm. not necessarily selfishly so, she wasn't going to get the life that she was mm. expecting as a parent, as a parent of yeah. a you know neurotypical mother. So yeah. um yeah there was some there were some differences there I think. Mm. Mm. It, it's it's a tricky thing to talk about, isn't it? Because mm. um and it's and especially like um it's it's always difficult to kind of talk about how our partners how they have what their what their journey has been, how they felt, things like that, and and it's very very tricky. But of course, what we can talk about uh, relatively clearly is kind of how how we how we have kind of been that's able true. to process that, right? And that's always mm. um, something which um, I always have to remind myself to come back to because I'm just like you know, um, I just want I if I can I I can be honest with how I how I how I was and how I am, um, then that is just, it's, it's a great thing to be. It's a, it's a, the best place I can be at, be at. Mm -hmm. Um, so you, uh, you had Cole. Yes. Cause it's two years difference, um, mm -hmm. about two years difference. So yeah. So the diagnosis hadn't kicked in of course. Um, yeah. and so you, you were like, cool that we, um, you know, you've, you were on that, uh, still, on that roadway of uh, going, we're in, we're in Italy. That's good. That's fan. That's um, right. Yeah. And so here we go. Boom. There it is. Number two out. And of course, it's all, you know, uh, happy days and, and all those kind of things. And then when, when, when did uh, the diagnosis for, for Cole come in and how did that look? Because mm. did that look different from Wyatt's one? Absolutely. Um, with Cole, it come in comparatively later, if we're mm. talking about when White got his diagnosis and some of these um, uh, some of these um, indicators that were there for Wyatt certainly weren't there for Cole. And I think this speaks to the fact that there are diagnoses and they can help you know, practitioners and people and teachers understand what what a lot of what might be going on for that individual. Mm. Um, 
but it's not a it's you know it's not a panacea to explaining absolutely every aspect of that person. They still got their they're still their own person, and I know this sounds obvious to say, but um, sometimes we need reminders. And for Cole, it come in later. So Cole was, I would say, he was um, his 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 symptoms were were very different than Wyatt's. So he earlier years was. Um, a bit more social he was okay he was able to engage in uh, steady play in one type of play or task for a greater amount of time and he wasn't diagnosed until um, I want to say his last year at, at the early learning centre so in kindergarten essentially the year before school right. um, okay. and so um so and he would be what? How, how, how was, old? Was uh, he was. Um, he was. I want to say about four and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And how did for for you? Um, well, can, can I like? Can I ask what made you go and get that second diagnosis? For your second son because again yeah sure have, you, you would have that would have been a different experience but also been like okay like uh this is this is happening again yeah it was hard um because as i say there was he was diagnosed or certain behaviors were noticed much later when than compared with his older brother um and so in a way we thought Okay, um, there was always this um, tendency to say to Cole, okay, and explain openly to both kids why might they be experiencing the world a bit differently because of X, Y, Z, as plainly and simply as you can in the hopes that, you know, you're speaking to a really young kid here, mm. that he might get pick up on some concept and understand why some of his brother's behaviour is a bit different. And then while simultaneously this was also going on for him, but again, they were very different um very different aspects of his behavior and and so forth that were affected so it was um it was challenging to say the least because we thought Wyatt has the autism diagnosis Cole hopefully life will be easy for him because he doesn't and then of course mm. it gets flipped on its head mm. so it's hard mm. How did how did you deal with that, man? How did you how did you as a as a dad? It was hard um, because I thought I really did think that at least one of my kids was going to be able to experience, you know, life in a neurotypical manner, for mm. want of a better term. Uh, and and so that was actually really hard. And yet at the same time, I think that other aspect I was talking about earlier kicked in, like, okay, mm. we just need to get on with it mm. and, and roll up our sleeves and, and do the best we can by both these kids. Uh, treat them as individuals. Yes, they've got identical diagnoses and they has, mm. there's the, and I uh, might not have mentioned, but the ADHD diagnoses as well, and they're often right. um, correlated, the, the two conditions. Um, you know, though there's like a comorbidity there often with, you'll, you'll see with kids with autism. And, um, 
But again, the symptoms are very different for each kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was hard. And how did you how did you, how did you kind of get through it? And how do you get through it? Because that is um, like I get like you know it's, I can see you're trying to think like how how do I put this shit into like, yeah a, into absolutely words? man how, how do I yeah. verbalize how do I how do I articulate into it justice yeah. without sort of like you know look I'm I'm conscious of the fact that um, it's challenging. Uh, and I'm sure you'll attest to this too, mate, but um, there's also a hell of a lot of good in there too. And of course, mm. I know that, um, you know, we're not just focusing on these aspects to be, you know, um, you know, a, a Debbie Downer. It's just about yeah. confronting yeah. and acknowledging the reality of the situation. That is right? exactly right. Exactly, I, and, yeah. And, I, and I'm so glad you've said that because I think, it's, yeah. you know, yeah. um, it is, yeah, acknowledging it and, um being able to acknowledge it and be like okay this is how how it is right this is mm-hmm. how uh, and this is what it was and yeah you know, maybe i didn't i was i didn't do i didn't like do i haven't dealt with shit the right way like um you know i just just took it all on and just you know trundled along my way with mm-hmm. um the like from from the diagnosis right on day one Mm. uh and then i had all the operations that he had which was traumatic as shit like i'm sure and and then and then with acceptance of it so piled these all on and and i just threw myself into work especially from really yeah from the latter half when they were like five or six is is that um i had just launched myself into work Mm-hmm. Opened up another school, yeah. Um, because it was my. I I kind of look back and and I can say it because it's fucking me. Like I was escaping the reality. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Of of dealing with how the the trauma that I hadn't dealt with, the acceptance that I hadn't dealt with, yeah, the grief that I hadn't dealt with. As a as a dad, because mm-hmm. I had no, I I I felt that no one would understand me. No one absolutely, would me. it's it's absolutely. And what you describe, I think, is just a, such a typical and understandable response. None of us, I think, regardless of gender, but particularly men, mm-hmm. none of us really want to sit with the, the 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 pain, the grief that comes with fully embodying and acknowledging. Um, the reality of that situation and the implications it has for uh, your kid first and foremost, but then of course, also of course yourself, and um, and your, your greater family, you know, and, and what that means, and 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 so to 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 do that, you know, to throw yourself into something that you see is productive and something that you're obviously um, adept at doing is just um, understandable, you know, yeah. completely understandable. So, the both both the boys, Wyatt and Cole, um, they've got uh, the uh, ASD diagnosis and the ADHD um, mm-hmm. diagnosis as well. Um, and that's that is there. How, like, how having 
having these two wonderful boys in your life that have changed your life, the direction of how of of, of your life. I'm going to make an assumption in that in sense in that way. Maybe I'm, I might be wrong. I get it. Please, yeah. please correct me on that. Um, how has having these boys? How has that changed you as as a dad, as a man who walks this earth? Like, how is that having having these guys in your life? How how has that changed you from how you <laughs> you know how you how you were that's yeah that's a great question and i think it's an important one for any parent to reflect on um i think for sure um it's been for the better it's in terms of expectations you know that 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 aspect we've been talking about earlier um it's taught me to certainly appreciate the good that I do have and we all have in some measure or form um hopefully uh take less for granted and I know all of these are probably gonna sound a bit cliche but I think you can it might resonate with you a bit yeah. um yeah. and yeah it's 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 instilled in me this ability to be adaptable. I think, most mm. first and foremost, it might sound a bit clinical, but um, that extends to the way not just the way I plan a day or a trip or or an activity, or but in the way I interact with them. Um, and and you know, going back to that that expectations thing, um, it's about trying to be present more. And, and appreciate the good times when they do come along um, and be more flexible when inev inevitably the, the challenges do come along also. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not to be so rigid. Yeah. And, and yeah. yeah. Mm. What is that present kind of being present, being in the moment? I, I like being in the moment. What is that? look like for you like how does that play out because it is a it's it's something which i i i, I always really struggle with and have struggled with oh like, absolutely I, absolutely man i should have i should have put a little, little proviso in there it's it's something i if i'm to be honest more aspire to so yes it's taught me to be more present but it's mm. certainly something i still grapple with myself on a daily basis um and and you you probably relate we all do like the world keeps turning there's certain other um you know expectations that that the world has on us you know financial pressures so forth other relationships that need attending to and so when you get caught sucked into that the daily grind um it can be really hard to find that presence mm -hmm. and 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 um and really truly acknowledge that the time that you do have and are spending with the kids. Mm. Um, I, you know, I try, I, I, I have been doing stuff like meditation for a while. I know that's that space has really taken off in recent times and it's, you know, a lot of people are into that. Um, it's again, it's a work in progress, but I do find it helps. Yeah. Um, that's good. Yeah. That's actually something yeah. I've, 
I've started to try and do, and, and I don't do it on a regular basis, but I, yeah, um, it is, um, because you, there's different ways of kind of doing it, of course, and different, it, it, it's so many ways of doing it. Um, and it is, I think it, again, yeah, just kind of gr just allows us to, instead of racing down a highway, I heard this um, once before, I don't know who, who, who I heard it from, but it's like, uh, when you do that meditation is your, you go from like blasting down the highway to uh, turning off and going down a small little country road, just ambling down and fields on each side. It kind of, that's what it does to your, your head essentially, doesn't it? it mm. um, yeah. but it's, and it's kind of tricky to get back on. It's, it's, it's hard to stay on that little road. Absolutely, man. Yeah. But I think even, even the most, um, you know, even some of those who would probably, you know, other people would consider to be the most adept at being meditations and at, at meditating, sorry. And, and um, you know, people have uh, amassed quite a following in that field of things um, would admit to the very same problems. And I think where we get um, sidetracked is that we're caught up on the, you know, the view, the, the ideal view, as you put it in that, that, um, uh, little example there that you gave as opposed to just um, I think really at its essence it's about the process itself as opposed to you know again another another cliche for you it's a, it's about the journey not the destination but yes yeah, you know, yeah as yeah, glad yeah. as that might sound it's kind of a good way of summing it up yes um, yeah. and acknowledging that the you know when it doesn't go to plan or your your mind's just going 100 mile an hour because you just you know coming from work and you you know you're trying to to find your your center again um that that is indeed part of it and it's not wasted time but again i'm no guru by any stretch <laughs> <laughs> no and, and and i'm i am uh so far from being a guru <laughs> it's not even funny absolutely absolutely <laughs> it was actually introduced to me by um um you know, actually tying it back in with your, your last question there about how it's changed me. Mm. Um, one of the one of the things that I did, um, if I'm to speak candidly here, um, before Cole was born and between after White was born and before Cole was born, mm. I sought out psychological help. So okay, I've been struggling with um, myself actually, if I'm to be honest, since adolescence um, with um uh, sort of uh depression and anxiety and and phobias that kind of thing um and so i i think subconsciously having the birth of white made me realize like look man i've got to try and sort this stuff out for myself yeah. um but yeah. more importantly i think for for not wanting to you know uh to pass this on you know right, yeah however that may be, on, on to the next generation, to my son, who I love dearly. And so I sought out that help. And, and you know, I learned about some of these things, such as, um, you might call it meditational mindfulness. The other thing would yeah. be, I'd say, gratitude, which is what I said in not so many words, I guess. Um, you know, acknowledging the good. Um, and a lot of these seemingly simple things were, were essentially taught to me through um, my journey in seeking psychological help. Mm -hmm. um, I was lucky here in Melbourne. There's a plethora of 
psychologists. Um, I don't know if it's as widely practiced there in the east, or if it's uh, more. There's more uh, stigma. There's still certainly stigma here. I man, but, um, uh, that's a whole another yeah. conversation about this. Country I'm sure it is. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, it's got a freaking long way to go. This country, man. Yeah, oh, it's still here too. Mm. Yeah. I mean, even with um, a, a, you know, in attempts of science trying to point out the fact that a lot of these disorders have a biological, um, um, come from a biological space. Um, in other words, you know, it's not like you're going to go up to someone in a wheelchair and say, you lazy bastard, how come you're out there doing some housework or mowing the lawns or whatever? You'd think you're mad. Well, I think society in general still thinks a lot or expects a lot of people who do suffer mm. um, from from some of these things. And and therein lies the stigma, you know, and it's not, it, it's still not gone. But anyway, I digress. So, um, yeah, this this person, this uh, psychologist I was lucky enough to be connected with showed me those things and she, she taught me a lot. And uh, I was very lucky, very lucky to cross paths with her. That's great. And I appreciate you sharing that, Rob, because I think it is, um, I, I've talked about, um, I've talked in, in uh, other episodes, I've talked about uh, my, my kind of transition into getting help through, a, um, through counseling and, and um, mm -hmm. therapy um, and how I found it uh I found it hard to accept that I, I hard to accept that I needed it. Um, and then that was combined with the fact that I didn't feel, I didn't think that talking to someone randomly about what was going on in my world was going to make any difference to me. Um, and and I, and I think that was, I, I wonder that, that again, that's my story. I wonder like from your, to, to, for you to kind of be like, I, I need to go and see someone. I think that's a, to realize that you need help mm -hmm. is like one of the biggest steps that anyone can make, especially as men. I think men, we oh, absolutely uh, always because we feel like we've got a we we're much more we're much more subject to the stigma I was just you know discussing than I think um, women because of the mm. you know the 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 gender stereotypes that are yeah. formed in early childhood and they continue to be perpetuated. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's a sign of weakness essentially. Yes, that's right. It's like, yeah. and it, as it's you know, and and I think that you'll probably agree with this is that when we I, I look, I look back, um, um, I look back and I think, man, like, you know, that was one of the, the single best things I did. And it was actually because of my, my parents were actually on my back about it. Here I am, uh, you know, I was 42, 43 at the time. My parents were like, you know, I think you need to go, you know, talk to someone about it. And I was like, inside, I think I was, I was, there was a lot of conflict going on between what my heart was thinking and what my head was thinking. Absolutely. 
And mm. it was really tricky, really tricky for me. Um, it would have been. Mm. And it's it's interesting actually because I think that it's transformed. It has allowed me to um, become um, not go back to who I was. I think it's very difficult to go back to who you were when when we have um, uh, children like you know we we have and and the difficulties that we face. I think that's difficult to mm -hmm. say. I want to go back to where I was or who I was. But I my wife said the other day. And I think this is actually interesting. Um, is that I uh, I used to ask her after I started my counselling and my therapy, and I said, "How how am I?" Well, my counsellor said to me, "Ask your wife and see how if she notices any difference with you, if mm. you can." And I said, "Okay." So I asked my wife one day. This is like a couple of years ago. I said, "How am I?" She goes, "Yeah." She said, "You're you're better than last week, and you're better than the week before that." So every week I was getting that's great, and I was like, because while I could kind of feel that I was improving in a mental mental state, mm. I was wasn't reacting as irrationally as to situations with Jamie as mm -hmm. it had been. Um, it was still like I, I still kind of felt like I was it was a, like taking its time, you know. And anyway, just the other day, uh, um, we were walking home uh, from work because we live pretty close to it. Uh, home and work are really close. And she says, um, I, "I think I asked. Her, I said, so how? Where do you think I am now? How do you think I'm doing?" And she said, "Yeah, you are. You're actually about what you were like, um, like four years ago, five years ago." I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, that's cool." I was like, "Hang on, what? Four or five years ago?" I said, hang on a minute. And we tried to work it out. And she's like, oh, no, actually, hang on a minute. No, no. It was more like 10 years ago. So she said, you're back to, you're almost back to how you were um, 10 years ago. As, kind of yeah, okay. And so I'm assuming you weren't, uh, you, were, you were doing really well 10 years ago. <laughs> well, what? That's a that's a, you have to ask my, 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 my wife that question because yeah. like, but I, I think, I was, like, I I I know that the last, uh, up and from when I hit the wall, which was in twenty nineteen, early twenty nineteen, I go back, um, I wind back, uh, from that point, um, in in a sense, so I. Um, but I think that I, I, I think I really went off the rails mentally, which I've actually never said that word, but I think I, let's be honest, I've got to be honest about this because I think that's where we need to be is that I think I went off kind of went off the rails probably around about 20, probably 2014, 2015, maybe, um, and what I really did that look like? What did that look like for you? I think well, I think it was just that I, I, I just remember um, when we opened a new a new business, a new school, uh, second yeah. school I should say, we expanded, mm -hmm. um, and and again I just hadn't I didn't know that I had, uh, I still didn't know I had the the, the grief or the I didn't the grief and the trauma, 
Mm. I didn't know that because I never, the, I, I only ever remember crying and showing the emotion with, um, was on day one when Jerry was born. And I remember talking to my parents on the phone mm-hmm. um, and telling them that Jamie had Down syndrome. And mm-hmm. that was the only only time that I remember crying. Um, and from that moment onwards, I kept everything in. I didn't show it, didn't feel it, didn't know how to feel it, didn't know how to um, allow myself to be um, vulnerable to myself, right? And so I just locked everything away and I, and I just did what I knew that I could do because in a country where I don't speak the language, mm. uh, English is a language I do speak. So I had a business, which was, you know, which is, um, teaching English. So I just launched myself into this. Um, and so, you know, my, uh, Junka was, you know, um, left kind of handling the boys and, and I'd come home, I'd be like, you know, Jamie would have a, uh, you know, as he got to about six or seven years old, or is it, you know, he would, he would have these kind of meltdowns um, with a, like century, like a hot food or noises or. Yeah, sure. And I, I just wasn't in a place to, to, I, I wasn't able to deal with them. I wasn't able to. Um, you didn't have enough in your own tank. No. Yeah. And I yeah. never, I, I just didn't. Yeah, and that's great. I'm, I'm glad you said that because I think that's a that's mm. like that's exactly that's a big it part is. of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no shame. And again, it's about accepting the reality of the situation. You've got finite reserves. You're only people, right? Yeah. Um, and if you've had a, a week of it or a month of it, you're not sleeping right. There's the stress. I can only imagine also too not speaking the native language at the time. That cuts off even further lines of communication or connection with anyone else, right? And so yeah. you're even further isolated. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on there for you. So I can I can completely see um, how that would have been a difficult time. Yeah, and and mm. I I I think that you know there's there's there are um, there are a lot of expats living here who you know who are I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure that they're in a very similar, they, they have been yeah. or were in a, in that kind of situation where they just, um, you know, they're just sucking it all in. And because mm-hmm. there's, you, you know, the help I got, I got help through, um, a company called BetterHelp, um, which is an online. Oh yeah. I've seen them online services. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Well, that's, that's one good thing about the advent of, and connectedness right by the yeah. internet so, oh yeah. absolutely and it, and mm. it um you know and i and i you know i i recommend that you know it doesn't have to be something that people can have to continuously use oh. i think that's like sometimes it's uh people think oh i'm gonna have to keep on using this for like for eternity no that's not the case you only need to do it for um as long as you feel you need to, then you can take a break and, you know, absolutely, you know, yeah, but it is, it is really, um, it's really important, but it's taking that step, right? Isn't it? It's taking that step Mm. to be like, Oh yeah. And And that that step can come. That's taking that step is often 
put off much longer than you would otherwise have done it if it weren't for the fact that there were triggers. So, mm. for example, you just laid out really well what it was for you and, and with Jamie coming along and then and and things not, you know, not getting the trip to Italy that mm. you'd planned on. Yeah. And um and then the added stress of the the you know the, the communication barriers living in a you know kind of a, a collectivist type culture that maybe doesn't um have the avenues for that kind of service easily so you've had to reach out through better help all of these things so it's completely understandable um but it just there's a point in time i think we just reach a threshold and it becomes too much and it was a combination of those things for yourself and for me, you know, it's just, it was a different process. It's probably mm. much more drawn out. And again, as I say, from much earlier in my lifespan. Um, but I think for me to sort of subconsciously, it was just knowing that, um, you know, I had a young son and and that it was time. Yeah. 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 What does it look like for you to, um, to look after yourself? to be able to fill up the tank, to be able to um, operate as, as the dad that you want to be, to be in a good headspace. We talked to, you talked about meditation. Yeah. So that's obviously something that you, you do. Um, but what does it look like? What other things ha that really, because there's <clears throat> never just one thing, is there? There's, you have to have multiple oh. things to. Um, yeah. And it's different for everyone, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. So, for me, that's a part of it, um, certainly. And that meditation can take many different forms. You can do, and it, um, you, you know, you can build it into your day in, in small acts and between tasks and chores, and it can be just becoming aware of, you know, bodily sensations. That mm. That's not necessarily yep. meditation per se, but again, yeah. it's about bringing yourself back to the present however possible. Um I just, I, want to, I just I just want to jump in there really quick because I there's something yeah. that I and, and and I'm sorry to do this Rob because I think that something that I tried was as I was walking is I would focus on just my feet hitting the ground. Yeah, like, sure. Just like from the you know uh, however you walk where it's like the heel to toe and just you know focusing on like the, where my feet were on the ground mm -hmm. trying to get because my head was just out of control absolutely to, yeah so i was like it can be at times keep yeah and so mm. i was like i want to keep my feet on the ground and so i was like i would focus on just that walking and it, and it was really hard because i would be like you know okay one two feeling the toe the heel like this boom mm -hmm. boom boom and then I'd, my mind would kind of like start to drift off again. I'm like, no, come back, come back into it. You know, yeah, that's you've just described a meditation. <laughs> you've just described an active kind of meditation. It's great. Yeah. And um, and again, as I was saying, it can take many different forms, and mm. it's just about trying to bring yourself back to the that that you know this point in time, the now. And um, that's a great way because sitting there and trying to block it, fight or battle all these thoughts that are coming up, which are natural, by the way, and inescapable yep. yeah. by all of us um can seem like a, a such a fruitless and endless task whereas what you described is another way of coming at it yeah um and a practical way and you you just it's bringing you back to this this point in time um you know the cadence of the the steps and 
and it's such a good illustration about getting grounded again because you're physically literally talking yeah, about physically walking on the ground, on the ground right <laughs> um but yeah look other things for me include um uh like when when COVID hit um mm. i had to cancel the gym membership so i you know i got a little basement area here and i bought a lot of gym equipment when i when i could and i i throw myself at foot you know physical activity there mm. um getting out for a walk with the boys if i can peel them away from devices we've come up with a way a system of yeah you can relate i'm sure a lot of yeah. your viewership probably could but um you know we've come up with a way of trying to mitigate that we're, enough is enough we're getting excessive hours on there and Anyway, that's a whole nother side topic. <laughs> um, it's a battle, all right? Um, and um, yeah, and and rest. I think I'm 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 a shocker for for um, getting enough quality sleep, and I'm sure a lot of a lot of people can probably relate. Mm. Um, but really, just trying to make that more of a priority because I can see. Certainly, moving forward, we've all got a full plate and agenda, yeah. um, but it's about ensuring that that all of these things in combination are um, are certainly a good way of filling up my tank. And also, I've discovered it, um, you know, sort of later in life, an interest in learning. So, mm. I um, through my exposure to to this particular psychologist, I was, um, I guess, inspired to take up studies in psychology myself. So. Right. Um, I've just started my third year through an online um, learning institution here, Bachelor of Psychological Sciences. So um, straight after this, while well, the, the kids are out with a support worker, which we were lucky to, enough to get through the NDIS uh, for a couple more hours, um, yeah, I'll be throwing myself into the books. And, and Fantastic. That. And so that's, mm. that's, and that's kind of, you know, that's really yeah, it's, it's been really you, you rewarding kind of yeah. to do as well, right? You're like, absolutely, just, yeah. Just me. Yeah, um, you know, and, and um, absolutely, yeah, and that's an important part. It's um, it's not selfish, right? I think these no. these these acts of um, us time or you time um, are really important in ensuring that we've got enough to give moving forward to everyone else in our life. I I, used, I, I I've always battled with the guilt of doing this. Um, yeah, yeah. And one of my actually uh, a couple of guests ago, uh, Casey. Um, and he had just gone out the previous night that I'd, when I'd spoken to him and, and, and he, he said like, you know what? Um, he used to get that. He, he, he also does have that. It's a very real feeling that we get. Sometimes we don't even, I, I actually think that I don't even, I didn't even know that it, that's what it was. Right. I don't even mm. know that it's what, it was the guilt feeling that I had. Yeah. Uh, while I, while like, I wasn't okay, enjoying myself. I'm doing something for myself. <laughs> yeah. I feel this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Self-analyzing yeah. how you feel, really feel right, and why. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and he said, like he 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 was like, you know, he's got to, uh, to because his wife, of course, um, would be looking after the kids that evening if he's gone out for to spend an evening with his friends to kind of fill up his cup, right? Yeah. Is that he said, there's no point in him coming back home, feeling a whole evening him feeling guilty for going out, and then coming home and his wife has been like, okay, go and enjoy yourself. She said, go and enjoy yourself, fill up your cup. Mm. And, and he hasn't filled up his cup because his guilt has prevented him from filling his cup mm. up. Mm. And so she's just like, she's just, you know, the energy that she's put in has just been wasted because he's just been like, you know, that, that guilt. So it doesn't help anyone. 
right? Mm. I was like, man, that just makes so much sense, right? Like if you're gonna, yeah. if we go out and we fill our cup with having a drink mm-hmm. with a mate or whatever, yeah, whatever it is, whatever yeah, it is, whatever that right, looks like for you, is is it like it's you you have to remove try it try and remove that guilt of going out on your own because when you switch it up and your your wife or your partner goes out is that you know you want them to be guilt free as well yeah and that is also um it's so it's so important and i and i never really fully understood it until he 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 said it i was like man that's just great i love that song mm. like um yeah it's it's important it it is it's so mm. so important um so the i mean the other thing is like of course you know we have um our beautiful wives who are absolute rock stars and all of this because um you know we we are very we're fortunate we have uh wives that have you know help us through uh all these tough times that we we go through as men and they um they support us and they allow us to you know um be who we who we who we like to be and want to be but how do do you guys get enough time to have your own time to go out and ah yes the relationship time um yeah yeah look oh that's an important part for sure and i think it's something um you need to actually actively build in as opposed to think okay whatever's left over that'll be us that'll be our time whatever that might look like whether it's just sharing a tv show on the couch after the kid's gone to bed or being lucky enough to organize a date night um that's that's a very real thing that does need active attention i think it's a very good point and i'll be honest in my particular situation it's an area that has been challenging to say the least to to kind of fulfill the requirements of um and i think that comes from both sides um the i think just the sheer nature of relationships and you know you chuck into the air a couple of young human beings who you're responsible for regardless of any diagnosis or not um bring, brings with it added challenges um and it's a it's a slippery slope i think it it's mm-hmm. um it can be it's much like a lot of things it could be much harder to get back as opposed to investing early on that time mm-hmm. and attention yeah. to, to maintain yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's another mm. that's another great quote. I'm going to listen back to. Yeah, but it's it's true. And again, I'm, I'm speaking from lived experience here. Yeah. It's um, it's yeah, I, yeah, it's hard. I'd love to say, you know, I'm just trying to speak frankly here. Yep. Um, that yeah, it's it's been an area that uh has been challenging for us, and you know, you yeah you. you you're at risk of getting into dangerous territory if, if if things aren't addressed early on. Let's just say that. But yeah, um, yeah. But but certainly for for everyone else and your 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 listenership and that, um, I would strongly recommend that that's a part that you know part of your life that you give attention to. Yeah, yeah. 
when when was when was the last time you you and your wife went out and had a lunch or a dinner or like um well we were lucky enough she's back in new zealand actually just right. for a little while um visiting family but we were lucky enough i want to say about three weeks ago as i was saying we get access to support workers through the ndis yeah, yeah. which is great um and that's during the week sometimes in the evenings so i think it was a yeah i think it was a thursday night we just went to a local japanese restaurant of all places. Oh, there you go <laughs> uh, my favorite cuisine Although, funnily enough, it's the Western Japanese food. You know what I'm right. talking about? That yeah, yes, when I actually like... went to Japan, I was looking for, for chicken teriyaki, and it wasn't anywhere. I was like, I felt gypped. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was very different. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's the experience, but, isn't it? It's like sitting down. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Oh, I, oh, I loved my trip to Japan. I know we spoke over that before on the phone. But, um, yeah, look, in terms of that, um, yeah, it was a few weeks ago, and, and it was a pleasant experience, you know, to get out and um, – and you're, and it's funny though, when you're in it, you're almost both kind of having to watch that you don't steer the the topic of conversation back to the kids, you know, because yeah, that time yeah. is about yourselves, that's right. ideally. That's exactly um, right, yeah. But that's that kind of common ground that you have to sort of feed off and like, oh, okay, this happened. And it's like, no, 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 we, we need to try and bring it back to us. So, Hard, and, and by the sounds of things, it's, you know, it's something you're on top of and it's, you know, good for you. No, no, that, I don't. I, I don't know if we're always on top of it, mate. But um... well, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, of course. No, it's never plain sailing. It's, it's never plain sailing, and and it, I mean, it, even oh. even in, in a typical situation, mm. like um, absolutely holding down and keeping, you know, keeping the relationship, um, where in a place where you where you both like it to be, and giving each other the time and the space and the <clears> love <throat> and. When, and 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 it's and it's really hard because you're like you know you everything so much of it is like you know we're putting so much energy into our kids and 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 then it's like because I, when we when normally well typically kind of how it happens is you know you you get you start a relationship you're, you're together in a relationship become boyfriend and girlfriend or however oh, you've got all the time like. in the world and it's all yeah. roses and happy days and, and you're all about each other right you're all Absolutely. about each other and mm. then the kids come in so it's all about the kids right and so the, yeah. the, the 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 connection between the parents takes a back seat right mm -hmm. generally it takes a back seat but then yeah. those children who need extra help like a range of out some some children are in wheelchairs some children cannot yeah. even walk some children just are continuously lying down and need constant suction right mm -hmm. so it's it is ridiculously tricky for everyone and all these situations and, and i don't like comparing situations because it's just mm. like going to very dangerous territory that's not what it is it's about trying the, as hard as we can to make uh the relationship that we're in as uh as parents work and <clears throat> keeping it going and being a human to us and trying to not i i think it's really difficult to go back to how you were pre-kids that's so it's almost impossible right? yeah I, in some ways i think that's probably a, a, a full goal because mm. um as they say, what well, change is the only constant, right? And yeah. that's no nowhere more true than 
in the situation you just described with all of these things going on within the space of between mm. all these people, these new people entering that yeah. space, creation of this family, it's um, there's so much going on. But I think you can certainly um, realistically try and hope and should mm. uh, try and retain certain aspects of that relationship moving yeah. forward and build upon that. And the relationship between the two of you ideally will evolve into something um, different but good different, you know, yeah. it's, and as needs must, because you're now responsible to say for these, these, these tiny humans. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's, it's certainly a journey fraught with, um, you know, uh, many pitfalls and distractions yeah. and yeah, but it, it's an important thing to pay attention to for sure. For real. Mm. Um, okay. It's, um, what was okay? What was something that kind of with the kids? Something that made you laugh recently? Some a situation that you like something happens and it was just like, oh my god, that's just so funny! Like that's just like the funniest <laughs> stuff that's gonna go on. Any anything that kind of springs to mind? Um, yeah, there's quite a few actually. Um, I love how they've got their own personalities. Again, it sounds really obvious to say. So Wyatt, my eldest, is um, probably a bit more empathetic and gentle and reserved, whereas Cole, my youngest, my wife likes to say she's her mini-me. He's her mini-me because <laughs> personality-wise, because he's just chaotic. He's bouncing off the walls. He's, you know, into everything. But Cole um, is... I don't want to use the term cunning because it sounds pretty derogatory, but <laughs> if he <laughs> if he learns to use his powers of intellect for, for good, then I'll be a, a happy man. But um he he has somehow managed to um circumvent the password protection on you know, you get your devices, we're you know, sort of joking around about that before. Yeah. yeah and yeah. um we set up a little google parent account whatever it is on a, on an old cell phone that he has access to for a certain amount of time but um this little bugger has somehow managed to i would not don't know he's the term hack but he's managed to somehow oh. get around the password protection so and the thing with this google parent control mm. is that it'll send a notification text or email to the parent account so i'll be sitting at work I'm getting these notifications like Cole's device has installed, you know, Mine Explorer or Dinosaur World or whatever. Like, how the <laughs> hell is this kid doing this? You know, and I've yet to drag it out of him. And, you know, thank God since, you know, this was a recent occurrence, we've changed the settings. But, I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of almost like you can't help but admire it in a way. Like, you know, I just... Yeah, the determination. Yeah, just, and the, and the, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And it's not like it was, um, you know, a basic password, but the little bugger, I'm sure he must have been peering over my shoulder one day and he suddenly put it in. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that that is, a, a, is, is kind of a, a, a funny uh, a moment that I can recount for Cole. Yeah, yeah. He's oh, a cunning great. little bugger. Mm. It is. That's a... Um... That's actually something that we, uh, yeah, I think we we deal with in that. I I don't have um, with Jamie. I don't have that uh, challenge with him with kind of uh, on his devices. Mm. Um, okay, he's he. But mind you, it, that that can change at any point in time. Um, oh, at, at the moment, like he um, uh, he likes um, he he loves 
uh, watching uh, some, I put up YouTube onto the TV. Uh, he loves watching mm. um, car car karaoke, um, carpool karaoke with. Um, oh and, yeah, and he loves um, the talk show. Yeah, 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 and he loves the, at the moment he's hooked on the Bruno Mars episode. Um, and they and they do like the song Uptown Funk, like you know. Yeah, yeah, so, sure. Mm. <laughs> so he's so quite he, a musical kid, yeah. Yeah, he's very really That's into awesome. music and uh, yeah. which i love because music I, I i i love music and so oh same um, i've always got my earbuds in at work or you know if i'm doing stuff in the kitchen i've got the bluetooth speaker going I love go. it. Mm. well that's that that's a good lead into my next question because i was, I was going to say what what part does it kind of for, for you music what is it um what does music look like and can you give me a couple yeah. of a couple of songs we have a, i have a um uh i have a playlist that I've created on Spotify. It's called the Dad's mm. um, Dad's playlist of songs, two songs, a couple of songs or more um, that that are either that you like as a dad, or that the kids really get into that. You know, or everyone gets to gets into. Yeah. Um, and it, can you can you get kind of yeah? What does music look like in your house? Yeah, sure. Um, so I would say. If we're just talking the kids, Cole's probably the more musically inclined than White. White can take it or leave it. But as I say, I often have stuff going in the background, even if we like just off to the side here, I've got a couple of Lego monster trucks I'm working through with each of the boys, and that's been a challenge in and of itself. But awesome. they both love Lego and dinosaurs. Also Cole, I think, why it's getting a bit older. But um, so we have music going when we're doing these activities, you know, artwork, Lego, whatever. And... Um, in terms of their tastes, they've probably been influenced by their mother. She's probably more into contemporary stuff because she's she works from home and she'll often pick them up from school and then bring them back before she finishes the rest of her working day here. But she'll have her stuff blaring and it's sort of contemporary stuff. Like you say, Bruno Mars or, geez, I don't even know. Um, it was some of the artists of the day that, you know, are not so much Rihanna in, anymore as it, it's um, these other guys, you know, see exactly. So I'm so out of touch. I'm like become this, this stereotypical <laughs> older dude who's like, you put on the music and like, what's that crap? Um, so so they're into that, you know, the upbeat yeah. stuff. I don't even know. No, I, I can't. I'm struggling to come up with names here. Man, this is a worry. Well, what about you but, though? What do you listen to? For myself? To? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I have an eclectic taste. So I... Um, I have a tendency to like everything. It's funny. It was influenced by my parents. Um, so when I was a young fella, my dad used to throw a few parties and they were fairly, they were, they were you know, tame, nothing too wild, but he was, we're an army family. So we moved around a lot. So him and his army buddies would get together and have a few beers. It was always generally well behaved, but they'd have the old LPs going and it would be old, um, stuff like the platters, you know, that old soul music, um, you know, the Motown stuff um, and, uh, you know, Smokey Robinson, um, you know, that kind of stuff, Aretha Franklin um, and uh, and country too. Actually, it was into his country, which is something I unashamedly say I do like. More so the old stuff of his era, like Charlie Feathers and, you know, um, and those guys and, and Patsy Klein and Johnny Cash, of course. Right. Um, but then I do like some of the more modern stuff. And that's the beauty of Spotify. Like, yes, you yes. can go on and it'll kind of, it's one 
times when the algorithms are working in your favor, you know, to <laughs> music you wouldn't otherwise be exposed to. Like, well, that's kind of cool. It's a catchy tune. And before you know it, you're listening to stuff you would not yeah. otherwise be listening to. So an answer to your question, it's a real mix. Well, um, let's imagine more chill stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's imagine if you were like, if you were like, okay, I just want to hit listen to a good tune right now. And you were like, it's a tune that, you know, um, yeah, a tune that you just were like, I want some, some, you know, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I want to listen to a, a good track. What What's that track? What do you think? What's that track right now? Straight, like you can grab your phone and check your phone if you if you if you're unsure. No, no. Um... I think we have a tendency to relive some of our youth through music. I know I do. So for me, it would probably be a band called Sublime. And oh, there Sublime. Was a band, Sublime, yeah, back in yep. the 90s when I was sort of, you know, early 20s, whatever, yep. living life and, and loving it all. Um, it's the thrash, that album, when it came out. Um, which album was it? Um, 40 Ounces to Freedom, I think. But um, there's a there's a track there called Doing Time, and I just okay. loved it. I just love the feel of it. And and it's been remade a couple of times. I think Lana Del Rey done a pretty good cover. But right. whenever if that song ever pops up on Spotify, I'll just crank it. I love it. All right. Let mm. me just, let's just do something on the fly here. Um, whoops, that's not here as well, Sublime. <laughs> you heard of the group? I have, oh, actually. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. have. Yeah, um, a 90s punk, ska, reggae type group. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's I know song. I think that riff okay. was off an old musical, Porgy and Bess or something like that, Summertime. Yeah, that's the song. Yeah. Mm, love that's it. cool, man. Doing time. I like that. Okay, one more. Mm. One more. I'm going to put that on there. One more. Oh. <laughs> that's the extent of my knowledge on the fly um oh what am i okay let's go for something a bit more i don't know um neil young heart of gold okay heart of gold okay all righty wow yeah, you must. Uh, you must, because I'm. I'm 45. We must be around the same kind of. Like, yeah, I'm a. I'm a 76 model, so I might have a year on oh, you. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I love that 76 yeah. model. I haven't heard that one for that's a while. A, that's a great one. That's a nice way of putting it, right? Yeah, we're classics, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm an 80s fan though. I'm, I'm a. I, oh, okay. Yeah, I love I'm, 80s too, man. I'm, yeah. I'm big into the 80s. The 70s, not so much, but the 80s, yeah. I am just. Oh my yeah. goodness. Well, when you think about it, though, Doug, growing up, those that was probably the time in our lives when we're most optimistic. We're young. You don't have care of the world. Yep. All your needs are being met. That just makes complete. And I love the 80s for the very same reason. Like, my wife had her um, 40th recently, and the theme was 80s. Oh, so wow. I just put a 80s playlist, that, and I've got, like, you know, six hours worth of music on there, you know, Madonna or Michael Fantastic. Jackson and, you know, Good Level 42, you. all those guys. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Mm. Mate, okay, we're going to finish up with one uh, another quick, like um, maybe one last question here, which it, it can lead into other things. But what would you, um, if you could give a, give me, um, three or four words that describe, uh, your life as Wyatt and Cole's dad? 
Yeah. Um, I would say blessed, fulfilled, and proud. Mm. Yeah. Those are the three words I'd choose. Awesome. Mm. That's cool. That's really cool. Mm. Wow. Right. It has been great. And I, and I, I thank you for being open and honest. Um, and because it's, thank you. Thanks uh, for having me. Um, been really good, man. And I, uh, Likewise, man. Mm. you know, everyone's going to really enjoy it. They're going to get, they'll take away things from what you've, what you've said and your experiences and, um, yeah, there's there's so much there, and uh, there's a couple of quotes which I'm going to look, listen back and kind of pick them up. Even the one that I said as well, which I can't remember now. Do it, man. Um, yeah, get it down before you forget. Exactly, it's I, like guys our age. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I actually started a um on my uh, my notes. I a couple of quotes. Uh, I've got a quotes um a little uh, a notes thing now going on. And I just punch it in there if like if I heard it and I was like, man, that's great. Because there's one thing actually which I think you'll quite like. Um, I've said it before, is broken crayons can still color. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, and because um, I do think that um we sometimes feel that when we as as dads, we you know, if we get to a point where we're just so we are so broken, which I you know, through depression or um various other things mental uh mental illnesses or um like that is that we sometimes it's hard to even get think about kind of what's going to happen the next day or the next moment things like that but i i think that you know we it makes us so much stronger um i am i am now um i i, I believe i'm kind of mentally able to kind of work through more now than what i than what i was you know five or six years ago mm -hmm. um for from with the changes that I've, I've made and the things that i've actually done my i've, I've actioned myself because it's it's all on me it's 100 percent on me um and i just think like yeah even though i i, I was broken i could still color I can still bring color into my my yeah. world, into my kids' world, um, and because I think you know, we sometimes think that we once we're broken, we can't do shit. <clears throat> like we, we, what are we gonna, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna bring? The, yeah, you're right. To, to there's, the world? there's a tendency to be so hard on ourselves, and a lot of that's tied to these expectations and things aren't mm. getting done the way we might have thought they could or should be done yeah we tend to come down on ourselves and that's natural i think within most of us um mm. and this this act of trying to turn it around and um bring back some self-awareness and dare i say self-acceptance oh, of yourself absolutely. as is as you say the broken clown analogy crown sorry analogy gave is is a really good way of just saying that simply and it's so true in that, um, yeah, things aren't the way you might have planned or this and that, but there's still so much that we can and do do yeah. and, and yeah. For, for ourselves and our kids. Um, and we need to acknowledge that sometimes, really let that mm. sink in. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, mate. It's been wonderful. All right, mate. You too. It's been a pleasure. It's been awesome. Thanks for having me, mate. Right, really appreciate so much, it. Hey. Thanks. All right. Catch you later.
Just a quick note for everyone who's listening. If you are, if you're a dad and you actually want to be on the podcast and be a guest and have some questions thrown at you and you know, allow you some space to talk about the challenges that you've had, uh, please get in touch. Um, you can get in touch through the Facebook page, Instagram, and uh, also you can send us an email. Uh, you can send me an email on life with Jamie and more at gmail.com. So please do get in touch. And uh, I really look forward to being in contact with some of you guys and uh, being able to hear your stories because I know there are stories out there and uh, I think it's, uh, it's good to be heard. So get in touch. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one.